This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Welcome to Green Pulse, a podcast series by The Straits Times where we analyze the beats of the changing environment, from biodiversity conservation to climate change. Hi, I'm Audrey Tan and I cover science and environments for The Straits Times. My co-host is David Fogarty. Hi, I'm David and I'm the climate change editor at The Straits Times. Singapore has become the first country in the world to approve the sale of a cultured meat product. The Chicken Bites by Californian startup Eat Just is made through cell culture, which means the animals will not have to be slaughtered for their meat. Joining us on today's discussion on food for the future is Ms. Elaine Siu, Managing Director of the Good Food Institute Asia-Pacific. Welcome to the show, Elaine. Hi, Audrey. Hi, David. Thanks for having me. So, Elaine, before we start, maybe you can tell us a bit more about the Good Food Institute. What makes food good? (laughs) Yeah, at the Good Food Institute, it is simple. I think good food is what is good for the planet, for people, for animals, for everyone on this planet, right? So our main mission is to shift the world away from industrial animal agriculture. Good food should not have to rely on industrial animal agriculture. And our theory of change is that I think most people by this time knows about the problem with industrial animal agriculture, you know, with climate change and a lot of other issues that come with it, right? Our theory of change is that it's not enough to tell people that something is wrong. We need to present the solutions and alternative protein is the solution. So then what about cultured meat products? Would you consider that a good food? Absolutely. And we call it cultivated meat, actually. We use this term because we've done surveys and focus group. What do you call something actually matters a lot because it then goes down the line to consumer perception, etc. So we call it cultivated meat, working with industry stakeholders as well to come up with this term because the meat is actually grown in a cultivator. So we obviously think that this is good because just like plant-based meat, cultivated meat, fermentation, like all these technologies produce something that can replace the conventionally produced meat. And it's better for the climate, it's better for animals, it's better for humans. This is one of the ways of producing alternatives that we advocate for and we support. So Singapore was the first country to approve the sale of a cultured meat product, but many are familiar with things like Impossible Burger, which also tastes similar to meat. So what's the difference? It's very different because cultivated meat is real animal meat, right? So Impossible Burger is made from plant. There is no animal ingredient in it whatsoever, but cultivated meat is really real animal meat produced by growing cells outside of the bodies of an animal. So literally to the cellular level, it is animal meat. So that's the difference. So I think many listeners would be interested to know how cultured meat products, what do they taste like? I mean, you would have definitely tried it, right? I have tried shrimp and I have tried fish products. But I haven't tried chicken yet. So actually, this is the breaking news this morning that the approved cultivated meat product from Eat Just, which is called Good Meat, they're debuting in a restaurant on Saturday. And uh, I'm not based in Singapore, so I'm like so jealous. But my team member is going to the tasting like she's going to be eating that chicken. So I'm just like, don't get me started. I'm jealous beyond belief. But I've got to say, I've been a vegan for quite some years. I'm so not the best person to ask. 
but definitely there are a lot of meat eaters that I know who have tried it. And actually the Israel prime minister was the first head of state to try a cultivated piece of steak in front of the camera just last week. And he said it tastes exactly the same. And he was so excited about it. Our Israel office actually worked with the prime minister on that as well. And now they have a national policy that we presented to the prime minister. And he's going to appoint someone to oversee that policy being executed. So many reports of call cultured meat products, you know, lab grown or Frankenstein foods or whatever. Tell us a little bit more about the actual process and maybe sort of debunk or demystify these terms of lab grown and so forth. Yeah. So the best analogy that I've seen is that, you know, how you can cut a little bit of a plant without killing it and then like use that part to put it in the soil and then grow another plant out of it. That's the best analogy of what cultivated meat is because you're taking an animal cell from an animal, the little part from the animal without killing it, and then putting it in an environment, give it water, give it nutrition, etc. Just like that plant would grow into another plant, this animal cell sample would grow into a piece of meat. <laughs> and that is the best analogy I've seen. And so instead of like putting that plant in a greenhouse, in the case of meat, you have a cultivator where you create that environment so that the biological process of a cell growing can happen. And that's how you get the meat. And the great thing is that it is taking the animal out of the equation. Like previously in conventional animal agriculture, you grow the animal, but the end of it, the product coming out of it, you just want the meat, right? The animal is kind of used as the production unit in that production process. Now, in this process, it's simply replacing that live animal with a cultivator and let that process happen in the cultivator. Coming out of it is exactly just the piece of meat that you actually want without all the other unnecessary parts. I mean, you grow a full animal, there are actually a lot of parts that don't become the products that you can sell. So those all goes to waste, the inedible bits and bones, etc. So you don't grow those, you just grow what you need to come out of the product, which is mainly the meat. So it will happen in a modern clean facility that is similar to, let's say, a beer brewery, like where you see, you know, the huge tanks. <laughs> so that's what it will actually look like. And when you say cultivator, so it's the same sort of image, right, of, as you say, beer is produced in very large sort of vats, you know, side by side and so forth. So it's the kind of the same process here, right? But the process in the cultivator, I mean, that basically, as you say, it's the nutrients to help the cell culture sort of grow. Yes, it's basically feeding the cells, right? Just like you would feed a plant with water, sun, the nutrition that kind of let it flourish. Uh, same thing with an animal cell, just like, like we need to eat and breathe and uh, same for the cell. They need that mainly nutrition and water to, to grow, just like they would grow in our body. Now, if you like what you're hearing so far, do subscribe to our series Green Pulse on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, or even on Spotify and like us and give us a rating. Now back to our conversation with Ms. Elaine Sue, Managing Director of the Good Food Institute Asia Pacific on alternative proteins and food for the future. So Elaine, I was wondering whether you could put things in context for us. I mean, since the news was published, we've seen comments on social media about how cultured meat is not natural. So what is your response to this? 
So what I'd say is natural. What is the default of what we are eating right now? Pretty much nothing that we're eating now is natural, and especially in the case of conventional meat production, nothing is actually natural about it. From the breeding, the alterating of the genes, the way that the animals are kept, what they eat, how fast they grow now, how productive in quotes they are, like the milk, the egg that is produced from these animals, it's abnormal. Is the absolute opposite of natural. So I think it's important to understand what kind of default we're comparing to. We are not eating some perfect, natural, healthy food as we speak. If you ask anyone, what was your last meal? I think that kind of brings us back, you know, ground us back in in this question. So when we look at how cultivated meat is made, as I mentioned, in the production process, it is taking that live animal out of the equation, and the advantage of that is that. By doing that, you actually eliminate all the adverse environmental effects, the intensive resource requirement of like raising an animal and then killing it just to get the end product. And as I mentioned, a lot of it is actually wasted because it's not edible. So you take away all that, and of course, also animal welfare issues and also foodborne diseases issues. So it goes to food safety and food security as well. So I think it's just basically the cleanest way of producing meat that currently exists. What about the case for alternative protein? So you know, why do you think people are talking so much about it now? Of course, the the reason why we need alternative protein is because the way that we're producing meat right now does not work. It will not work. It cannot feed the growing population like all the numbers, the science are showing us that we just cannot continue doing what we're doing. The way that we're depleting the land, the water, and creating all these pollutions. So we just need to move on to to alternative solutions. Yeah, I think food security is one, and also climate change. I think there was a report that talked about how the livestock sector was contributing as much emissions as transport around the world. So I think there's definitely a climate case for it as well. That is definitely the strongest case. Scientists have come out to say that basically switching to a plant-based diet is the thing that anyone can do. It's the biggest thing that anyone can do to fight climate change. That's the solution. But how environmentally friendly is cultured meat production compared to the uh, traditional livestock sector, as as we just discussed? Because that is also obviously quite emissions intensive. You know, some people have said that producing meat in this sort of new way could produce more emissions because it's more energy intensive. I mean, what's your views on that? So I actually dug into like what was that study that said that, and I found that there was one study quite some time ago that said. Quote, quote the the title was cultured lab meat may make climate change worse and then when you actually dig into it it is actually saying that in literally every scenario for at least the next 800 years cultivated meat outperforms conventional meat on sustainability metrics and then only in a thousand years from now does the worst case scenario for cultivated meat come even close to the best case scenario for conventional meat. So that's actually <laughs> what the study was about. And then everybody just took the title of it and was like, nah, <laughs> cultivated meat is probably going to be even worse for climate change. Now, 
to compare that with an actual peer review study from University of Oxford and, and Amsterdam, they found that cultivated meat should involve up to 45% lower energy use, 78 to 96% lower greenhouse gases emissions, 99% lower land use, and 82 to 96% lower water use. So I think those are the numbers. A UN report on land use, I think it was in 2018, did mention that a plant-based diet is still more environmentally friendly than a meat-based one. So what other innovations are there that could help lower the footprint of our diets? Yeah, so I would say one thing is that the comparison, I believe, was between plant-based and conventionally produced meat. So definitely in that comparison, plant-based is better. And we are all for plant-based as well. Like we work on all these different routes of producing alternatives equally. Definitely plant-based is the way to go. What I'd say is that because knowing human beings. And I think we just need to accept that, right? Instead of going against human behavior and what we've learned about what humans can and can't or won't do, we need to meet people where they are at. We definitely advocate for plant-based diet, but I also don't believe that everybody would give up meat. And that is why we need a plan B on top of La Plus. So these two are complementary, plant-based meat and cultivated meat. They are definitely complementary. And just because some people would never give up meat, we just need to figure out another way to produce it that doesn't kill all of us and, and the planet. Now, go to plant-based meat, which is, of course, a super exciting space as well. A lot of innovation happening there. Definitely, that is the way to go if you want to help the planet do your part to combat climate change. And what is exciting about plant-based meat is now that it's gone mainstream, the business case is built and therefore so much more money, both private and public funding money is going into this space. We actually just did a research report called Cropportunities, Asian Cropportunities, where we look at what we can grow in Asia that can go into producing these alternative protein products, plant-based ones. So for a place like Singapore, it works for everyone. We look at seven countries in, in Asia and what can be grown there that are suitable ingredients for plant-based meat. And even for Singapore, where there's very little land and agriculture that require a lot of land wouldn't really work for a city-state like that. But Singapore is huge on vertical farming. So we're looking at, oh, what about mushrooms, right? These fungi and algae, these ingredients can be grown in, for example, Singapore. And that's a very interesting business case and opportunity for entrepreneurs to grasp and run with. And we'll just have so many more diversified food choices coming out of this movement, I believe. Thank you, Elaine. And I myself personally am looking forward to trying the cultured chicken bites by Eat Just Soon. So thank you, uh, Elaine, for joining us today and sharing your insights on food for the future. Thank you. Thanks, Elaine. Very good discussion. Thank you. For more on climate change and the environment, do check out the stories in The Straits Times. That's a wrap for Green Pals, and we hope you enjoyed our discussion. That was an SBH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.